Delusions of grandeur. Yeah, this one certainly is one that I maybe remembered the least. This book made me furious. <laughs> I am still so, so angry well, at this book. Is it a book or a, a collection of short stories? <laughs> plotless short stories, <laughs> empty vignettes. Is this a like deep nihilistic meditation on how no one does anything and nothing matters. Like, yeah, but as I was reading this, like, how are we going to talk to recap a nothing this book because we is, would think so much happens and yet I don't know that anything happens. Is this book called Delusions of Grandeur because calling it a book is a delusion <laughs> of grandeur? <laughs> Like, I have no idea why else it would be called Delusions of Grandeur. Um, oh my god. Yeah. So I don't, I, we want to attempt? Okay, like, let's try. So, okay, so it starts, and maybe we should mention that Yeah. last week we said that Zach met with Mr. Wary right. in the who, previous who book. ended up being born in Thule. But we were actually confused because <laughs> we failed to distinguish what was part of the book and what was a special preview of right, the, the next upcoming, book. Right. So that is something that actually happens at the beginning. So towards the beginning of this, this book, he meets with Mr. Wary. So even less things happen to Zach. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> than we thought. Um, yeah. So so maybe we'll just start. Zach meets with uh, Mr. Wary, who turns out to be Born Thule. Born Thule tells him, um, "I would like you to send a message to my wife and son." I would also like you to find my brother. Right. Although Tycho. he's pretending not to be born in Thule. So right, he's right, like, right. I just want you to send a message. Right. And, and also find like, fire the guy. It's my Tycho Thule. Yeah. No um, reason. <laughs> so Zach uh, sends the message. We're talking about his bounty hunting skills. So, more, okay. But he sends the message. He bounces around to a bunch of different right. planets, including Tatooine. Yeah. So he, he sends the message, and by sending the message, he attracts the attention of this other bounty hunter yeah, who's looking for Born and Thule. Who we know from Empire Strikes Back. He's the one of the bounty hunters with the head, like the head, head injury. Around. Yeah. Um, so, and I think he's also featured in, I think they're taking a lot from both the Han Solo trilogy, the Crystal Star, and the Tales of the Bounty Hunters book in this. Right, because they say that, like, the head injury is Han Solo's. Yeah, which I assume, I don't remember, oh. but I assume comes out in the Han Solo trilogy. Um, or in the short story, perhaps. But but this guy with some sort of permanent brain damage. Yeah, who's is very dedicated to his, his bounty hunting. His bounty hunting, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, so it, <laughs> so Zach has a brief run-in with him, and he goes to Tatooine. to find Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. Yeah. Because Boba Fett's good, definitely well, he, Zach, Tatooine. Zach is confused about ethics. ethics, and we'll talk about this in more detail, but ethics of the bounty, because he knows that that is indeed born and he figures He's, it out. Yeah, he's not that hard, and he um, is confused because... He was hired to find Born and Thule, but Born and Thule also hired him. He was never hired to find Born and Thule. There's just an open bounty right, available yes, yes, on right. Born and Thule. So he is conf- ethically conflicted about, like, if I'm 
if I'm hired by someone who is also a bounty, right. what are my options? Right. <laughs> so he goes to Boba Fett to ask that question. Yeah. Um, and then ends up uh, discovering information about Mecca's three. He goes to Quar. He goes to Quar, yeah, and he sees He finds the leftover assassin the droids, droids. Yeah. And, and then, then he goes up. to Mecca's three because that's where they were manufactured. Right. And that's so that's how he gets to Mecca's three. Everyone ends up at the end. Yeah. And so it I guess it is sort of taken from the fact that these were based on movies. These this is just sort of spliced in throughout yes, the book. Right. All these all these sort of misadventures. <laughs> <laughs> um so that's Zach. Um Everybody our, else. Our four main Jedi are... So we do not see the battle that happened on Quar. Right. We see the sort of the start of it, and then that's the cliffhanger. Right, from the last book. And, then, and rather than picking up where we left no, off... Yeah, with an, an exciting battle, this book just picks up with <laughs> Jada recording a letter to Zek right. saying like, Oh man, you should have seen this battle we were in. Right. It was crazy. Yeah. And then it's not like the book doesn't have the budget for a battle. <laughs> yeah. Like, show us the battle. Yeah, so she sort of recaps that they that Tycho Thule was taken by IG taken away. They managed to escape. Escape. Um, and she's having a very hard time writing this message because she loves him so much and like wants to sound cool and right. sort of nonchalant. She keeps like recording and re-recording it. Yeah, like a sort of teen like. Teenage sitcom, kind of. Right, or like Pretty Walls. <laughs> yeah, like Pretty Walls. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see someone in Star Wars yeah. have like a, a Pretty Wild style yeah. meltdown. I have to read that. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's doing that. At the same moment, Jason's Gort Egg, which Han gave him in some book. Was it, it wasn't the last one, right? It was, it was the last oh, one. Was the, <laughs> he was, I think. Together. Wait, what happened in the last book? Also, not that much. Was the last book Shards of Alderaan? No. Last book was Diversity Alliance. So two books ago. Okay, I think he gave him the he egg. He gave him the port egg, which is like a bird kind of. Yeah, with eyes. It's got mul- more than two. Right. Three. three eyes. Three eyes and like blue feathers. And so he's very excited because he's never even seen a gourd. Right. Which makes me think he's maybe not qualified <laughs> to hatch the gourd egg. So they're all four of them are. Gathered around for the gourd egg. Yeah, hatching. Like hands on, no, chin on their hands. Watching <laughs> an egg hatch. Watching the egg hatch. And then uh, old Peckham comes by. Mm-hmm. He's got a new ship. He's got a new ship. And he's brought Raynar back. Yeah. To Yavin. And Old Peckham says, you know, Raynor is really depressed, you guys. Yeah, so like, please just be nice to him. Yeah. And we'll Treat him like him. a human. <laughs> and so <laughs> they they resolve to be nice to Raynor. Yeah. And uh, um, Luke's off again doing right. God knows what. Right. So Tion is doing the lessons. Tion is doing lessons. Um, and Loey is sort of pining for Raba. Yeah, he's a little bit down because she said that she would meet up with them at some point and right. she hasn't shown up. So he's, you know, climbing into the trees yeah, and climbing. watching the sky to like yeah. look for her so ship. Sweet. <laughs> and he ultimately can't figure out how he feels about everything going on with Raba with the fake death and the not dead. Yeah. And I mean it seems like he like is hardcore in love with her, but yeah. like, is not quite, He's he's um, in love with her, but he's also not blinded by love. No, he's like I don't know what these he feelings are. He can hear the red flag he can still see the red flags yeah. about the so he's political radicalization. Um and he calls his sister yeah, to and tells her, tells her right, that she's alive and hopefully she'll be back at some point. Luke shows up Mm-hmm. From Coruscant and has brought Lusa, who is a centaur. centaur. Yeah, centaur 
um, like Alien, and she uh, is from the book that I have mentioned five times. <laughs> it is one that has stuck with me, The Crystal Star, which was a standalone book. Um, and in that book, she and the Solo children were kidnapped by this uh, by a human, but he was working for this like sentient. I actually marked this passage okay, because good. it was so insane. Yeah, it's and that book. When we get to that book. <laughs> it says, Jaina reached out to hug the girl. Just seeing Lusa again brought back a flood of memories of when she, Jason, and their brother Anakin, and the centaur girl, had all been kidnapped by the power-hungry Hethrir nearly ten years before. To increase his own power in the Force, Hethrir had hoped to sacrifice a Force-challenged mm-hmm. child to a being named Waru near the Crystal Star. Mm-hmm. Jaina and the centaur girl <laughs> had formed a bond during their captivity and had helped each other resist Hethrir's attempt to control them. Though all the children had been rescued, Jaina still had occasional nightmares about the ordeal. Yeah, there were like four. There <laughs> was children. That book... More happened in that paragraph <laughs> than in this whole book. book. Yeah, that book is, if I remember correctly, Bananas. And one of those books that like, I don't really know if I quite understood like what Dwaru was. Because I have a very clear memory of being like, I don't know what happened <laughs> in this book. That's so, like Courtship of Princess Leia level. Yeah, of it is. It's insanity. It's standalone. It is not uh, a series. A series. It's, um, and it's one of the ones that does not get talked about and one that I remember very vividly. So yeah. we will actually get that. But Luce is a character who has shown up in this universe before. Um, she tells them the story of how after that ordeal, she, you know... Was, was traumatized. Understandably very, very traumatized. She was very wary of human interaction because of Hethrier. Um, and she uh, was recruited by the Diversity Alliance. Right. And, and sort of, like, gradually radicalized through exposure to the various horrors humans have inflicted on aliens across yeah, the galaxy. And sort of rose up in kind of the... The ranks, and she's them. very, like, dedicated and idealistic, had a sort of rose-colored glasses view yeah. of the organization's mission. And then at one point, she was asked to um, sort of... Sabotage. Yeah, sabotage the computers of this... Was it, like, a mining ship? It was some kind of... She was... I thought they were some kind of, like, naturalist, like, geologist or oh, something. Oh, maybe. Yeah, some kind of... But sabotage the navigational computer of a team of, like, human geologists yeah. who had inadvertently caused a... Oh, yeah, that's right. ...ecological crisis on some planet. Yeah. And she did it, but then she had the realization that having done that meant they were going to be lost adrift in space forever right, and sort of know, yeah. die horribly. Mm-hmm. So she felt... Poorly about yeah. that. <laughs> <was a> guilty. <laughs> and she went to them and said, wait, no, don't. I did this. Don't get on yeah. your ship. I did this. And instead of being horrified, they're like, thanks so much. For t- yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank God you came clean. We will give you a ride anywhere. Yeah. So she remembered that at one point Luke had said to her, if you wanted to study at the Jedi Academy, you're welcome. So she when asked them to send her. She had them take her to Coruscant, Coruscant to and then. Him. Yeah. Called Luke from Coruscant. Yeah. And so Luke uh, has picked her up up. and brought her here. And so she's... um, That's sort of it. She's just like, heads up about this diversity alliance. alliance. And she and Raynar have a little bit of a... Raynar has a crush on her. She has a huge crush on her. um, And is very sweet to her. Yeah. And they go on a little hike together. Yeah. And she's still really squicked out by humans. But she's trying to overcome that. Yeah. And so then, sort of in an attempt to impress her, yeah, Raynar says, 
I want to do something useful for my family. I can't find my dad. I'd just be in the way. I can't help my mom. She's great at running the business. But with my uncle missing, that means that this droid manufacturing planet that he runs is without supervision. So I'll go to Mechas 3 and run Mechas 3 until we find Uncle Tycho. And as is always the case, any excuse to skip school, mm-hmm. all the young Jedi Knights are like, let's go to Mecca It's not even a conversation about it. No. like, I know a couple people who would want to come with me, and then they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear them asking anybody for permission no, to No, they're this. just out. They're gone. So, so yeah. they, they get on the rock dragon. Oh, and at this point, Loey has already left with Raba. Yeah, so Raba had, has finally shown back up on... Yavin, she's sort of completely ignoring all the humans. Yeah, she doesn't like humans. Yeah, and so she's only sort of spending time with Loie and a couple of the alien students. Um, And she convinces Loie, or or she tells Loie that I'm going to go home and, like, show everybody that I'm not dead. Right. Um, And I want to see Sierra again and my family, so Loie's like, I'll go with you. Uh, They leave EM, not EMTD. Just MTD. MTD with uh, Jaina because he doesn't need a translation droid going home, so... He goes off with Rava pretty abruptly. Yeah, to Kashyyyk. And everybody's yeah. sad and misses him. Yeah, especially MTD. <laughs> especially MTD. You gotta talk about MTD. <laughs> so much. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so they, so it's just Jaina, Jocelyn, Jason. Uh, so close. <laughs> losing it. The MTD has ruined everything. Um, it's just Jason, Jaina, Tanaka, and Raynar, along with MTD, who go to Mechas. To Mechas. And, um, they go okay so they, yeah so should we also say meanwhile we've checked in with uh nula once once a few where she is gathering sort of the most dangerous soldiers that she yeah, can her best recruiters kind of and yeah. she says hey i've got a demonstration for you and they bring out the red guard right yeah the one who escaped, who escaped at the end of jedi under siege <laughs> i have a lot of questions about him and she's I guess she just sort of says, well, I want you to see how awesome this plague is. And so she triggers the plague yeah. and the Red Guard dies yeah. immediately. So he, initially she's asking him, because the em- Emperor had created this plague, or had this plague created, or was created, I don't know, if he found it. He, I think that he had it created, he had species-specific specific plagues plague, right. created, and... He wanted to use this one that targeted humans essentially on, rebels, on yeah. like the rebels. That if you find like a right. system that's loyal to the rebels or a planet that's loyal to like that's with the rebels, you can just poison them with the plague. Right. But then the plague was so contagious that he was worried right. about so it spreading through the galaxy. It. Yeah, and so she was um, trying, to, trying get, to get information out of this Imperial Guard, but he declined. Right. So she demonstrated the plague, and it's awful, and you don't actually see like. Because he's in the Imperial garb. Which is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. It's a movie. Like, that's a movie. Yeah. Like, why would he still be wearing his Red Guard uniform? Yeah. They didn't make him take it off. (laughs) (laughs) Or just, like, once you are no longer, there's no more Emperor, you're the last Red Guard, why would you still wear it? Well, he's dead now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we get a little bit of what she is. What she's up up to, to, which is really just... Furthering the the kill all humans angle, yeah. it's like more and more that the uh, concern for alien welfare is just like a convenient front, and this is actually right. just about anti human aggression. Right, right, she right. doesn't seem that worried about no actually helping the welfare of aliens right, in right, general, right. just like destroying, just destroying humans. humans. 
So they get to Mechas. They get to Mechas. There's a lot of like droid. Mechas is a weird place. Yeah. So Mechas is just like a. It was built by the Imperials. I think. I think. To build. Um, it's a, man, a droid manufacturing, manufacturing planet. Like one of the main ones. There's one other one out there, but most of the droids in the right, galaxy are, are made on Mechas. Right. And at some point towards the end of the Empire, there was a droid uprising yes. on Mechas where they killed all the humans and it was just droids manufacturing droids right. for a while. Yeah. And they don't really make a big deal out of that. No. <laughs> yeah. And then it somehow gets like. And then Tycho takes his Tycho back over. takes over. Yeah. He like. Reboots it. Yeah, kind of. And then... Holds down the start button yeah, on Mechas. Been, been producing droids on there. He So they get to Mechas. Raynar manages to, like, get into his uncle's... Office. Uh, like, yeah, his office. I sort of imagine, like, a factory. Like, he has, like, one of those offices that, like, looks over. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like in... Uh, Charlie the, the Bride. Oh, I was thinking of Charlie the Chocolate Factory. The Father of the Bride, too. The Shoe Factory. The Shoe yeah, the Factory. Father. I was thinking of uh, the Peanut Factory yeah, yeah, that yeah, Lucas' yeah, yeah, father. Yeah. But the same idea, where you have yeah. an office that's overlooking. Right, the factory. I don't know if that's exactly how it was imagined by the authors, but that's how I imagined it. Yeah. Um, so he sneaks in. He's, you know, you know, looking for information and, and trying to... They trigger to, the security system. Right, the doors sort of There's lasers down. going off. Yeah, they're... they're um, being attacked and EG88. IG88. IG88. <laughs> you just want to throw an E on a drawing. <laughs> I just, my brain now is just like, letters. Nothing is real. <laughs> anyway, it turns out that Tycho staged his own kidnapping right. in an attempt to draw out Born in right. Thule. That Tycho is just, you know. I know that this is all BS. Nothing right. serious is going right. on. Right, he's just hiding because he, he just went bad. did something yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. And if he was a good brother and loved me, he would have come looking for me by right. now. Right, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah, Tank was a really interesting talk about him. But so he has, apparently there are a bunch of IG-88s. Like, IG-88s. No, there were a there bunch. Were, right. He found the original right, so that was, like, shut down or... So IG-88, who was a assassin droid who had achieved some higher level of sentience than most droids, yeah. even though droids apparently... Yeah, are very sentient. But he had... So he was a uh, assassin droid who achieved some kind of sentience and became a bounty hunter. We saw him briefly in Empire Strikes Back yeah. as well. And eventually IG-88... When the droids took over Mechas, he was involved in that somehow, and he created a bunch of clones of copies of himself yeah. to do his bounty hunting for him. Right. While and he remained back right. on all under the Mechas. guise that, that there's only one. Right. So that he has a, a much greater uh, reputation because there's multiple. Right. Versions and of him. those multiple versions have all been destroyed. Yes. But IG88 was still on Mechas, and in an attempt to further expand his power somehow. He uploaded his consciousness into the second Death Star yeah. as it was being built. Yeah. Not sure about right. this plan on his part. But he uploaded his consciousness into the second Death Star and left behind the IG-88. Right, the body. The robot body. And then when the second Death Star exploded, it destroyed the consciousness of IG-88. But right. the robot the body, body still was still there right. as a shell. And then Tycho reprogrammed that to be his bodyguard. bodyguard. So yeah, he's loyal. This IG-88 is still capable of all the things that the original IG-8 is, but is loyal is, to Tycho. And he has no personality. Right, it was zero. almost unnerving. Yeah, it's, 
His story is very, very Yeah. <laughs> so he's loyal to Tycho, and so Tycho had staged the kidnapping, and then Zek shows up. Yeah. And says, Zek shows up and is, I mean, it's basically a repeat of him showing up. In Shards of Water. And they Lock even Lock say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is just common. So he shows up. Um, and it turns out Dengar has been following him. Yeah. Since so then Dingar shows up and it says, I know you've got Born and Thule there, give him to me. Right. And like, no. we don't have <laughs> Born and Thule. Yeah, and so So How do they defeat Dangar? Uh Zach and Jaina get on the lightning rod. Right, 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 right. And they're zipping around to distract him. And then the other one Tycho goes to do Something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Jason, and Raynar do something else. Maybe they're trying to get back to the rock dragon yeah. to escape. And somehow Dengar sort of intercepts them on the way. And he's pointing laser guns at them. And they're using the force to knock right. them askew yeah, so right, they right, right, can't right. shoot them. And then IG-88 and Tycho come busting back in. Yeah. To take him out, and the lightning rod does some good flying. Mm-hmm. So they defeat Dengar. Right, yeah, yeah, they defeat him, and he goes away. Right, he's not dead, but he goes away. They have another sort of like, Zach, why don't you come back with us? And Zach's like, No, I'm gonna keep bounty hunting. I'm so good at bounty hunting. Oh. <laughs> and oh, and Jaina, <laughs> Jaina further reprograms IG88, so he has only. Sort of defensive yeah, capabilities. Yeah, so originally Tycho had uh, programmed him so that he would protect all humans and... So that he would... Yeah, he would he not... Would, he was incapable of hurting... Humans. You know, sort of like a, some kind of sci-fi thing where robots are programmed uh, that they can't hurt. Oh, it, it's It's Westworld. one of the rules. Yeah, in Westworld, they like are incapable of causing violence to the people coming. Yeah, them. but I think it goes back to like Philip K. Dick. Yeah, Like probably. one of the three yeah, main yeah, yeah. Right, the robot, robot directives yeah. or whatever. Can't hurt. Um, so he gives him that, but he doesn't tell him not to hurt aliens, aliens and right. they're all just so annoyed at him. Right. And so Jenna further reprograms IG88, so he can't. can't well, I think he can hurt people. He can't kill anybody. He can't kill anybody. Yeah. So he can't. So he can't kill anybody, and she leaves him. So IG88 is loyal to the Thule family. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they send him out like, go find Born and Thule. Right. 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 Go. Your job. Your whole mission is just right, to protect him. Born and Thule and take good care of him. Mm-hmm. And so they send him off, and I feel like we're doing such a bad job with the plot, but there's... Yeah, but it's hard to do a good it's job. It's really hard. So, meanwhile, on Kashyyyk, Raba delivers a big speech at the local city council meeting about yeah. how they should all join the Diversity Alliance. She completed her right, her she like, right of passage. Her, and she just, like, knocks it out that afternoon. Yeah, she's like, she tells Lily, like, I'm gonna go say hi to my family, and instead goes and just, like, does it. Yeah, and... <laughs> that serum plant. Right, and then... Plant. Right, and then she... And she delivers a big pro-Diversity yeah. Alliance speech, and the Wookiees are like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... <laughs> Then she asks Loie and Sierra to go back with her to Ryloth to meet Nula and hear about how great the Diversity Alliance is. And they get there and say hi, and then they're still there at the end. end, And that's where it ends. Yeah, that's where it ends. So, (laughs) this book made me so (laughs) angry. Because, like, this 
unless Jedi Bounty is just bursting with action, right? There's no reason for this to have been so this many books so far. Yeah, like the last three book, I guess this and Diversity Alliance and Shards of Alderaan, which is three books, could have been like yeah. half of one book. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Like, I still don't feel like I've gotten through a book yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, there has not been a book's worth of events. Yeah, and I think the mo- well, there's a lot of frustrations. The most frustrating thing for me was a sort of, like, following Zek as he yeah. do-to-do's, like, around. Who cares? <laughs> the and, like, that is something that either he could, like, relay to his friends that he had done in a sentence or two. Yeah. Or... Jaina could be like, oh, I heard that Zach right. did these things, right, that we don't need to watch Zach, like, go to a planet, look at the planet. Yeah. No, find he could, a tiny piece of information and then go to another Yeah, no, he could easily be sending Jaina letters, or if he doesn't want to do that, it, when when Peckham shows up, he could say, like, oh, yeah, I did hear from Zach. Last I heard, he was headed here, and then, right, like, last right, I heard, he was right. headed there. And um, does not need to, we do not need to keep up with Zach. Yeah, no. Also, Zek thinks that he rarely uses his force capabilities in his Jedi bounty yeah. hunting. Oh, in his bounty hunting, and Zek Not does enough. nothing but yeah. use the force. He uses the force more than, than any of the other the young Jedi knights. <laughs> uh, which yeah, and he doesn't always know that he's doing it because there was one point where he was using the force, or he did some, or something happened. He was like in contact. I think maybe it was the first time he ran into Dangar and. Like, something happened where, like, Dengar, like, left, and he was like, oh, I wonder if that was my force ability. Like, he didn't even know no, he was doing it. No, he's, anytime he just, like, gets a feeling about something or has good luck, or he always, he's just, like, using the force. Yeah, he's using the force all over the place. And he, the bounty hunter code, I know we've talked about this, but <laughs> my head is in my hands. In I can't the with the bounty hunter code. Bananas way. So, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I think maybe the other thing about this book that I will say before we dive into any more depth is that this book is just patchworked from other books. Like IG-88, right. Dengar, um, Lusa. Like, this is all Han Solo Trilogy, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, and Crystal Star. Right. Like, it is just pulling in a way that the other books did that too. But, but the other one books, or two things. Yeah, the other books would have references, but this, this is book like entire like they're explaining plots that happen in other books as part of right, the plot. which makes them sound insane because yeah. just boil down Crystal Star, which I have not read, <laughs> right. into a paragraph. <laughs> I was losing my mind. Yeah, yeah, and that book, as I said, is is there's a lot going on there um, to reintroduce this character. And, so any, yeah. and the connection to Crystal Star is kind of tangential. It is tangential, yeah. Any alien could come right. and say the Diversity Alliance is a problem. Right, so I'm not you don't sure actually why... need it to be Lusa. Right. And this is another problem, I feel like, with the expanded universe in general, is that you're making the world smaller, smaller bigger, yeah. by constantly having characters re-encounter each other. Right. Like, you would think that this was Mayberry instead right. of the galaxy. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, like, the Lusa one, actually, I think, is a little bit more, more so than some of the others, a little bit more threaded into it, because, like, it does make sense that Lusa, you know, 
I think it's hard to recap Crystal Star in that tiny <laughs> paragraph and make it sound cohesive at all. But I she feel like have she, that experience. They should just just said like they were kidnapped together right, instead of right. explaining or the not whole even thing. Explaining. You could just say that it was a friend of theirs yeah. from child. Like, you know, you don't need to go into Waru. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Waru of it all. But anyway, back to the Bounty Hunter Code. I'm, I okay. just think like the Bounty Hunter Code maybe is something or Creed, it's called the Bounty Hunter Creed, gets talked about in the tales of the bounty hunters. I'm not sure. I don't think I actually ever read that collection of short stories. But, Zach. Okay, but I, my thing with the bounty hunter creed is I felt like I had the impression that the bounty hunter creed was something that you could fit on like a post-it note. Right? My it's just like is some bullet points. Right? Barbosa in the Pirates of the Caribbean, right? That like, right. it is a guidelines. Like they right. are not binding if you break the Bounty Hunter Code, nobody's coming after you. because right, who would? You, you might just get no. a reputation for being kind of a, a, a jerk or not trustworthy. Right, you could have a bad reputation, but, like, nobody's keeping track. There's no, like, log of... Yeah, who would know? No one would know. I don't understand why Zek suddenly feels so... Zek is acting <laughs> like... A, he's acting like there's a bounty hunter textbook, and right. it's, you know, detailed and right. complicated. Like, Zek is, seems like he's been reading Hegel as right. opposed to <laughs> just bounty hunting. Yeah. And he also, yeah, he seems to be having this crisis point of, oh my god. So what he, he wants to collect the bounty on Born and Thule as well as, he wants to, he wants to catch Born and Thule because there's... An open bounty yes, call born. out for him. And every, like if he caught Born and Thule, he'd oh just my God, he'd like, be a legend. Right. right. He'd make his name. No right one else there. would find him. But Born and Thule has already hired, hired him, him yeah. to do something else. And one of the bounty hunter code points is that you can never betray your employer. Right, which sort of makes sense. It makes sense. Code. Although it also for me raises a question, and this is Maybe a little bit pedantic of a question. It's like, are these bounty hunters or are they mercenaries? Because I feel like if you're yeah. a bounty hunter, then you should just be reading whatever list, wherever it is the bounties are published, right? You don't contract specific bounty hunters to bring in a bounty. You just put the bounty out there and then wait for a bounty hunter, hunter. to bring it back to yeah, you. Yeah, I think... I mean, you could be a bounty hunter and a mercenary, but it just seems I weird. I think they're... It seems weird that they've got employers written into the Bounty Hunter Code when you would think that would not be the typical Bounty Hunter yeah. It seems like there's a, setup. a more personal relationship between... Because even Vader, like, he doesn't hire, like, one specific Bounty Hunter, but he brings, like, a couple of really good ones in. He does. He has, like, a collection of Bounty Hunters right. that so he's talking I to. Wonder, but I wonder if he specifically contracted them or, or if he was just up. said, like, okay, I'm putting, on a, I'm putting on a bounty if you want... The info, come to the meeting. Right. Oh, um, my <laughs> Come to the meeting. And we, like, when Jabba the Hutt put out a bounty on Han Solo, he didn't hire specific bounty hunters. He just said, you know, I'm going to put out a bounty, and it's going to be so much money that you won't be able to go near a, a inhabited star right, system right, because, because everyone will want to collect the bounty on yeah. you. And that's supposed to be the situation I mean, with Born and Soul. So maybe... The, maybe Zek has run into on Borgo Prime just like a weird subsect of bounty hunting culture where I mean I think Born Thule in disguise first of all I want to know why he thinks he should have any faith in Zek as <laughs> I don't understand he's like I, I hear you're pretty good he did one thing 
fine. Fine. The guy ended up being dead. That was not his fault. No. Like, he didn't bounty hunt anybody. <laughs> like, he just got information. No. I mean, so, I don't know why Born and Fool is, like, that kid. Unless he knows that there's a connection. I'm not sure. But My money would be more on... Because Zach is so sort of like new and right, green, and like, right, right. Thinking so that's why I think that he's like a low risk sort of proposition, right? That like usually bounty hunting is you just send out a call and people just do it. But because Born and Fool is in disguise, he doesn't want to draw a lot of attention. He's just like, all right, I'll pick this doofus who <laughs> seems somewhat capable, but like nobody knows who he is, and I'll just tell him right. to do these things. And the bounty hunter Creed has <laughs> allowed for that eventuality right. by having written into it that you cannot betray your employer. your employer. So Zach goes into like an ethical crisis, crisis where he, we spend so much time in this book, I mean, and it's not that much, but considering nothing happens, <laughs> we spend so much time in his head, him thinking, Ugh, like, I, I really want to get that boring fool bounty. Like, that would be for my reputation. But I also really want to do a good job on the job I've been hired to do. Like, I want, you know, my employers to respect me. How could I ever handle this? Right, i got to go to Tatooine and ask Boba Fett. If I was Boba Fett <laughs> and some, and we know this is not Boba Fett, but, like, if I was Boba Fett and some, like, newbie green bounty hunter came to me and was like, I have this, like, really ethical <laughs> I would... Slap him in the face. Like, this is ridiculous. This is not a mentoring industry. It's not a mentoring industry. And bounty hunters are in the Star Wars universe, even if there's a creed, are notorious for being backstabbing and going yeah, out for great lengths, out for themselves. You know, Dangar isn't following the bounty hunter creed. Like, no. I, I don't know. Dengar has a more sort of barbosa outlook to it. Right, where he's right, like, right. well, I'm going to interpret this moment in this way, and so I'll still technically be following right, the Right, which is, know? I think, what probably the real Boba Fett would, would do. have done. The real Boba Fett <laughs> would have known to follow Zek's dumbass <laughs> from Tatooine right. straight to Born and Thule. Yeah, yeah. These bounty hunters are, I mean, it seems like Dengar has some health issues. <laughs> <laughs> Tatooine, he goes into which Mon made Weisley. me so angry. He goes to the cantina. He goes to the cantina. Well, I don't know if it's the cantina. It's got to be the cantina. But there's like a Wookiee, um, like a Wookiee Wookie bartender. The Wookiee owns the place, and he's not usually the bartender, right, but, but in that like moment, he is. Yeah, and he runs into. It's yeah. It's so our first time on Tatooine in, in reading these books, and it was not a good. But yeah, so he goes to Boba Fett, and he's like, "I have a question," and Boba yeah. Fett's like. Go away. Yeah, are you crazy? <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, and he says, no, no, I can give you some, a hint about Born and Thule because I can tell you where Dengar was looking and Dengar's a good bounty hunter. Right, right, right. And Boba Fett says, okay, fine. Right. And Zek lays out this hypothetical of mm-hmm. wanting to collect a bounty, but there's also a bounty on his employer. And Boba Fett says... You're such a doofus. But what he yeah. actually says is, you know, complete your contract with your current right. employer, and then, and then he's not your employer, employer anymore. anymore. Which is like, duh. Yeah. So finish the job you've been hired to do, and as right. soon as it's done, you can get right. this guy. And Zach says, great, 
And that's Zach's big adventure. Go all the way to Tatooine. <laughs> just to get there. Well, and that's the, the the continuing issue of have to go all the way to wherever to have yeah. a conversation. Like Jaina recording her hollow letter, right. which again, yeah. oh my god, like it's called a hollow letter. Yeah. Of which is you know the same thing, the Princess Leia style message where you record yourself, right, and then you send it, saying yeah. something and you send it. Um, and it make it makes sense in A New Hope. It makes sense in what Born and Thule's doing, right. trying to send a message. It makes no sense as the primary means of communication. communication. Yeah. Especially because we see that they they do use they do call from planet to planet, yeah. but apparently you need to like have a sit-down massive computer system right, to, to do, do that. It. You can't just yeah. like call to a ship. I like Western. But you can, because when we watched Last Jedi the other night... They did? They were doing that. Yeah. Yeah. They just had comlinks, and yeah. they were going from ship to ship. Yeah. Western Union would be an improvement on this communication yeah, delivery system. Yeah, it does seem that like... You would be better can... off if you could send a telegram. I don't understand why there's so many surprises. Like, everyone's showing up surprised. Like, call somebody yeah. and let them know you're coming, like... You can see the ships flying in. There's just, yeah, it's, it's a very sort of old-fashioned forms of communication. Yeah, it's like in uh, Lonesome Dove when they're at Claire's house and her daughters are like, Mama, somebody's coming! Right, like, right, right. Well, when they get here, right, we'll, we'll see who they are. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that is what it's like. We see a ship and we're like, I think that's that ship, but, like, who knows? Who knows who's on it? It could be anyone. It could be anything. Yeah, they, yeah it's, it's a very interesting... Yeah, the hosting look at a sort of science fiction. Yeah, it's <laughs> and I guess that also plays into the the story that Tion tells at her. Oh my god, yeah. I are they? These are not Jedi we've heard. No, Gav and Jory Daragon. Jory Daragon, yeah. Who I looked this up. They were in a comic book okay. about ancient Jedi and Sith that Kevin J. Anderson had written the previous year. Okay, so, so they were. So they did, they were already, they were appeared. because I, when I was reading this, I said, I, there's, this is definitely a fully developed story. No, yeah, it sounded somewhere. like a developed story. Yeah. And I was wondering if it was already, or if they did this is a sort of like preview pop right, for a future yeah. thing, but it, it was already written at this point, Gav and Jory, Daragon. But I guess that, and we mentioned this in Courtship of Princess Leia, it's bananas to me that you can be telling an ancient story from thousands of years ago, and the technology is basically the same. Okay. Yeah, there's like not much improvement. Gav and Jory Daragon, they're also on starships. They're also dealing with, right. you know, lightsabers and Sith and right. all that. It's like, they're dressing differently. Right. But and in the pictures, they do look like they're they're almost wearing, like, <laughs> they're almost, they're wearing sort of, like, fakey, they're almost in togas. It's, like, yeah. not quite togas, but, like, space togas. Um, yeah, sort of, like, ancient... So it's Jedi. like that kind of. Oh yeah, it's really Roman or Greek. Yeah, it's sort of like an Age of Empires computer oh, game kind of outfit meets Tolkien elves. Yeah, yeah. But but that's the only thing that's different is the outfits right. are sort of ancient-ish or connote yeah old times. But the te- it's it's right. The technology is pretty. Yeah, it's science fiction without innovation. Yeah, makes no sense to me. Right. Right. <sighs> okay, what else can we... Can we talk about the Hatchimal? That is Gort. <laughs> okay. So, I have a lot of questions about the Gort. Um, the first of all... first one is definitely why Jason is 
being entrusted with this rare yeah, creature. I, I get that Han just like maybe someone just on the black market. I was imagining yeah. like the the shady guy on Sesame Street who always yeah, wants yeah. to sell Ernie letters. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, Do you want to buy an O? Um, he just like came up to Han. He's like, "Would you like a Gordon?" Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Well, my son loves the weird animals, so <laughs> sure." sure. I guess. Um, but because. They have technology, but not technology. Jason does not know anything about Gorts. He hasn't yeah, Googled no Gorts. He hasn't mother of this Gort. He like, hasn't, you know, ch- he hasn't read about Gorts in the Gort Encyclopedia. Yeah. He's just guessing. Yeah, so he has Jana build like an incubator. For the egg. The egg yeah. hatches, and he just sort of throws some bugs and yeah, things at it. Like, we might eat this. Yeah. He, he names her Nicta. I... Did I miss something there? Because what he said, <laughs> I wrote this down. I tried. He what he said. He said she blinks a lot. I think I'll call her Nicta. I think that it's like the are those nictating membrane? Are were those connections? Yeah, that's your eyelids. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew it was like a technological, like or, or not technological, like a technical word for something. I don't okay. know if you Google it last night, but. But yeah, but they need, we needed more. Okay, no, I book. mean, fair yeah. play. J- Jason knows more about animal eyes than I do. Fine. Yeah, that third, the nictating membrane is a transparent or translucent third eyelid present in some animals that can be drawn across the eye from... Okay, like yeah. cats and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm just going to point out, this book has been treating me like I'm a moron. <laughs> and and then they just, the... like, throw that out there. <laughs> of all the things to trust me on... Nicta. Um, so yeah, it's just like a weird, the opening scenes of this book, like the Hatchimal, which I'm going to call her Hatchimal, because <laughs> that's exactly what I thought of. <laughs> so it's like, this looks like those toys that kids are playing with now. Yeah. Um, the Hatchimal and like Jaina trying to write, write, perform. Dictate. The hollow letter. After last book, which I was excited, ended on like a cliffhanger. Yeah. And, and in a way that the books did not end no. previously, to then start back on Yavin in their like it was a co- such a waste rooms doing especially because there's no need for that. You could go straight through. Even if you said like you could come, you could pick up with Tycho having been taken by the droids and launch immediately into trying to find Tycho because that's what they right, end yeah, up doing anyway. It, yeah. Or you could launch immediately into going to Mechas 3 to help out Tycho and finding him there. Right. Yeah, why do we have to go back to Yavin? Yeah, just to go re-enter this adventure right. again. It just seems like they, we just have to start on Yavin. Like, you have to start on Yavin. Well, which, so that you can leave Yavin. Right. I mean, I guess you just start but on... even in this one, when they leave, it's not like, oh, Luke, can we please go? Or they sneak off, which they have never done. Never. Which that would... We should do all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only explanation for what they're... Right. You know, it's not even a big deal that they're leaving. Yeah, they're just out. You know, and, and there's nothing going on anyway. What, they're gonna miss Tion's story time? Right. Like, oh, I felt so bad for Tion. There's like a, a moment where they're like, poor Tion. Like, she's <laughs> Luke's gone. She's gotta do story time. She's gotta take care of Jason's stupid animals. Yeah, like, she's gotta teach something yeah. to somebody. She's been training Raynar how to swim. And, yeah, she taught Raynar to swim. She she's, taught Raynar to swim. She's, she's teaching lightsaber battles. She's <laughs> lightsaber battles. She's taking care of Jason's animals. She is like a saint. Like <laughs> saint Tion. Like just doing it with a smile on her face, yeah. and a calm demeanor. Yeah, like she, she is the she's the real Jedi Master. Like yeah. she's the real hero. When Luke came back with Lusa, I've been like, hey Luke, I quit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I am sorry. 
I agreed to come down here for a weekend <laughs> to help out a year ago. Yeah. They're doing independent study for the most part. Like, if that's how you want to do it, fine. But you don't need me, and I am not watching Jason's stupid animals <laughs> unless he pays me to do it. <laughs> Jason, whose winning lottery ticket is now powering the lightsaber. <laughs> Oh, I felt so bad for yeah, her. Yeah, no, I felt really bad for Tion too. The um, other, and I mean, I continue to feel really bad for Raynar, even too. though they're being nice to Raynar now, but they're also acting like it's a it's, chore. It's a a it's a chore. They had not the heart to exclude him. Yeah, but wanted, but like wanted. They say at one point, like, oh, they like were bringing Raynar into their fold, and like, well, we just don't have the heart to exclude him. I'm like, so you want you want, want to exclude him. him? You don't want to hang out with him, but and Raynar so <laughs> is killing me with like changing who he is and feeling bad about himself as a way yeah, to endear himself swim. to these people. He's you know he's becoming very like quiet he and doesn't timid. he doesn't wear brightly colored clothes he's wearing, anymore. Like, the brown Jedi robes. I. That broke my heart. Yeah. I don't know if that's supposed to signify some sort of like character growth and humility for Raynar, but, yeah, but it Rain was like devastating he's to me. Putting aside his Alderanian heritage, yeah, like, and doesn't have to burn the uh, retinas of <laughs> Jason. <laughs> yeah, he's not wearing. You know, he's yeah, he's subverting his own identity to make himself yeah. more palatable to these bratty kids who were never nice to him anyway. And they want to be nice to him now, even though they're trying to be. Oh, it's really sad. It was killing me. Um, and I was sort of excited when he and Lusa, even though Lusa is clearly Troubled. going through it, like, you know, she was at least open to him. And yeah. She was nicer to him being terrified of humans than right. those kids And were. he was so sweet with her. Yeah. And we also get from this book... That sort of the way, the reason Raynar has difficulty connecting with yeah. people, it seems like he's just like, his parents didn't socialize him. Yeah, he lived on a, Well, he know, lived on a space station, and the only people he had to talk to were his parents, who were very, adults. like, busy and standoffish. Yeah, they're not touchy-feely people. Right. They don't and, talk all that much. And when, his uncle, who is very sort of, his uncle was reminding me, it took me, a, like, this book and the previous book to figure out who Tycho <laughs> Thule was reminding me of, and I eventually placed it. He's reminding me of Gilderoy Lockhart yes, from Harry 100%. Potter. Yeah, because he's, like, I think it's the my dear boy my, is yeah. what really seals it, is he calls people my dear boy. He's sort of out, he's not, I, I think he's less destructive right. than Gilderoy. Right, he but is, he, but he's very, like, pompous and self-aggrandizing, yeah, and... Like right overestimates thing. his own abilities. I, think, I thought I even through last book and through this book, I was like, he's gonna turn out to be a bad guy. Right. I kept thinking he was gonna be evil, but he's actually just sort of like a doofus. Yeah, like yeah. Like I thought he was he faked his own uh you know, you would think he would have faked his own kidnappings to like lure Born and Thorlot so he could like get the reward or something. Right. But no, but it's just like he just want he's just like my brother's just being stupid and I wanted to like right. show him. <laughs> so he yeah, he's not evil. He's not evil. He's, he's sort of bumbly and yeah. very pompous. And I mean he's kind of racist yeah, yeah, and yeah, he doesn't yeah, yeah. think things through. Yeah. Uh but but yeah he was reminding me a lot of yeah. Like Gilderoy Lockhart, although Lockhart, I think, is ultimately both more evil oh. and has it a little more together yeah. than this guy. This guy is basically like what, like the public face that Lockhart right, presents together, yeah. for most right. of the the book. Um, I did really like the scene where um, we get a short scene where Aaron, Raynar's mother and Bornfield's wife, gets the message from the Leia we should have had. Right, the Leia we should have had gets the message from Bornfield that Zach sends. Right. Um, like encoded message and you know he tells her that he's fine and like right he has to be on the run happening 
Um, but at the end, he's like, I know I never say this enough, but like, I love, I love you. you. It's like super. It's really so sweet. Funny. It's a great scene. I, I thought that book. that scene was really good. And I actually, I liked the scene where all the Jedi kids are like crowding, crowded onto Loey's oh, yeah. uh, Skyhopper yeah. and Loey's like zipping it around, doing all these tricks yeah. and they're like really jammed up because that felt like the most genuine teenagers hanging out yeah, yeah, scene. Like, crowd, yeah. And Jason and Snellcar are like on top of each other. Like, yeah. Fine. Like, right. Yeah. Someone's got their knees squished yeah, into their chest. Yeah. You know, nobody like people aren't buckled up properly. Yeah. How many people can you fit in the car? Yeah. Like, you're doing crazy thing. stunt yeah. driving. It was definitely, yeah. yeah I was, that remi- was sort of reminded of like yeah. people climbing in the back of a pickup truck and going to yeah. Dairy Queen or whatever the hell we did. Buying fireworks. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but I definitely stuff, resonated yeah. with my own youth of yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. all just get in the car, car and go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, and like Pen- like Lily needs to like get out some like, yeah. feelings and aggression. And yeah, it was it was I liked that bit. Yeah. And I thought But other than that, I was yeah. mostly furious. Yeah. I mean Luke on the, in this book doesn't really do much. No, although Apparently he learned a little something, either that or let's, like it was probably Tion. But now Rhaenar is learning to lightsaber fight with stun sticks. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's, that's <laughs> like, yeah. somebody made an adjustment yeah. to well, the curriculum I sort of there. Interpreted that as like, well, Rhaenar is nowhere near good enough of a Jedi to get an actual lightsaber. Yeah, I mean that's what they said. But like, you should have had these no, kids using. Yeah, but now those kids have actual lightsabers. Right, <laughs> and now they're practicing with Rainer and right. stun sticks. Um, yeah, Luke. There's an interesting line where Luke is watching um, Gina and Lusa like reconnect and talk, and it says that Luke watched with like sober interest. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> Luke is not engaged. No, with, like, Luke doesn't talk with That was the other thing when they say, Lusa says this, the diversity alliance is, you know, okay. evil. And then they're like, oh my gosh, Loey just left with one of their main yeah, people. And, like, hmm. and Luke looks alarmed yeah. because Luke has no <laughs> idea what's, what's going, going on here. here. Yeah, and he's just completely useless. Yeah, I know he's... Um, what else is there? Okay, so maybe now... Okay, all right. Small point, and <laughs> okay. then we can get to a bigger point. Small point. I love Sierra. I love yeah. Louis' sister. She's adorable, yeah. and she's got so much personality, and I love her dynamic with Loey, and I think it's so sweet how excited she is that Rob is alive, but I'd yeah. be really pissed if I were her. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, your best friend, your whole your childhood best friend has let you think that she was dead, dead for a year, yeah. and then just shows back. Doesn't even show back up. Shows back, like, your sibling runs into them. Right, and, and she, when she gets back to Kashyyyk, doesn't, like, immediately run... No. To Sierra and say, like, I'm fine. Or, and doesn't immediately run to her family. No, she makes some sort of speech. Instead. I think yeah. Robba might be a monster. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm I not, mean, I understand that she's not on the right side right. here, but, like, just. <sighs> That's a terrible thing. To, I mean, even just, you, you know, her family, like, yeah. you fake your own death because you were embarrassed. Like, and I understand that, like, that rite of passage is, is a big deal, but I. But no. I don't think it's that. No, and Wookiees... Like, feeling your SATs. Right, you know, no, like and Wookiees are clearly very, like, family-based. Yes, like, they like, have a Lo- very yeah, close-knit social structure. Loey's parents at the end call right. Gavin and, and are like, Loey left with 
those two right. to go to Ryloth. Like, they seem genuinely concerned and very, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think even if you do the rite of passage, you're not completely separated no. from your family or considered, like, a full-fledged adult. No, like, Loey doesn't have his own place on Kashyyyk. He right. goes back yeah. home to his family. So, I, I think it's a very important thing, but it's not worth pretending to be dead. No, and, like, <laughs> nobody, and the fact that everyone believes she's dead, no one thinks, it's not like, oh, she, she didn't do it, so she faked her own right. death. Like, like that's not like a thing that, that people do. Yeah. Um, yeah, she does seem... I mean, I, I, I understand Loie's, um, like, back and forth about... Right. That they sort of have these childhood memories together, but right. he's, like, very concerned. Okay, so we've got two, for me, two big things we Droids. need to do. Droids and creatures versus aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> let's start with droids, because okay. that's really important. Yeah. I feel like being tethered to MTD seems like hell. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Oh my! Like so, Loey has this translator droid, which he kind of needs sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes he needs someone to translate for him, but instead, it's like he has the fussiest, worst, like stereotype of a henpecking wife henpecking yeah, right, him yeah. ever. Yeah, like he's not even that good of a translator because he's constantly right. attempting to embellish the message, and he is. The whiniest, neediest, nonstop. But I think part of that made me feel like I understand not wanting to spend any time with MTD, but I also felt so sorry for him because (laughs) he, like, it lives in this bubble world where, like, if someone isn't carrying him, he can't move. Right. Right. Loey is his only. Apparently, droids do need companionship. Like, right. Loey is his only companion. He has no other droids. Everyone finds him annoying. He knows that they find it. Like. And there were moments in this book where he, like, there's some self-awareness yes. of that. I was like, like, why? But like that, <laughs> why did you make this thing? Right. Why did you build this? droid was built a year ago. Right. Why did you do it like this? Yeah. You know? Right, right. And then. Why don't you just have a translator that when you right. need to translate, right. you turn it on, it translates things, and then yeah. you turn it back off when you don't need to translate things. It's because the Star Wars universe why does it need to have, have droids. Why does it need to have personality? And yeah. why does it need to annoy the hell out yeah. of me? Yeah. Like. It's very annoying. Like. I mean, he's, he's C-3PO. Yeah, he's way worse than C-3PO. He feels much more, um, like, yeah, he needs attention. Yeah, like, 3PO didn't have a good attitude, but 3PO was not needy. Yeah, he was pretty self-sufficient. If everybody was busy... But 3PO had legs. If everyone was busy, (laughs) 3PO could take care of himself. Yeah. Or, if 3PO got annoying, someone could turn him off. Yeah. And he wouldn't have a crisis about it. Right, right. Yeah. MTV does. Yeah, they, and they feel bad, too, when they turn him off. They can't bring themselves to turn him off because it hurts his feelings so badly yeah. when you turn him back on. Oh, he did get... So... They're always talking about MTD wailing and MTD. Like, I mean, he just does nothing but whine about the fact that, like, Lobaka doesn't need him. Right. Just like, fine, but... I was just, I kept, I was like, you know, last week I got, I upgraded my phone, and my old phone was just like... But, like, that's the thing about droids in the Star Wars universe, right, is that, like, they do have, like, IG-88, like, built other versions of himself, plugged himself into the Death Star, like... He is very sentient. Right, he had, and it makes sense for some droids. Like, I understand why R2-D2 has sentience, because it seems like his job, he needs to be a little bit, like, self-directed. I'm actually not, you know, if you're up on the, the, 
ship and right. something goes wrong, you need to like know what to do right, right. automatically. And it even makes sense for 3PO because he's not just a translator droid, he's also a protocol droid, so it makes right, sense right, right. that he would need to chime right. in right. every right. now and then. Yeah. But why does MT it, Right. Why does MTD need a personality? Right. What advantage but, uh, is there? But to me, <laughs> this is not the right way to be thinking about it. But to me, it's like, that's not MTD's fault. That's their fault. Yeah, it is. Like, they did that. No, no. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Han, Chewie, and 3PO. Right? Like, like, he could have just been a translator. Like, he didn't need this. to have a personality. No, he's a nightmare. Or maybe droid, like, the way that droids are built, they just develop Personalities? Personalities? I don't know. Like, and, and we were talking about this when we watched Last Jedi, too, right? Is that, like, BB-88 and R2, like, sort of, like, I understand the, um, like, why they would be cute, right? right? Because they are not, they don't really look like animals, they don't really look humanoid. Like, they're, you know, their cuteness is what keeps them around. Right, that's why we, right. why people connect with them. Right, like, both as the audience, but the characters in, this, in yeah. the film, too, right? That, right, like, Poe rubbing BB-8's belly and right, stuff. Right, right, like, you know, in order, he's useful, but in order to be kept around, to be treated well, right? Like, if you are adorable, right, like, yeah. that's very useful. Right, and it seems like the astromech droids, like R2 and BB-88, do, just by virtue of the fact that these pilots might need to jump in their spaceship at any moment, the it's best, like, design-wise, if you want them just next to you all the time. Right, So right, that right. you can, like... Right, just go. Just right. go. Yeah, and I don't quite understand that. I mean, it... it yeah, it's baffling. But I mean, like, when you build a droid and you're programming it, do you program in its personality, or does its you personality just to. organically develop? And if it's if you program in its personality, why would you program? Why would you make it annoying? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I understand like Anakin was a kid, so like three PO coming out annoying, right? <laughs> sort of makes sense that maybe he just like didn't really know. No, what I'm he fine. Was doing. I thought I didn't like three PO, but that was before I was yeah. re-exposed to MTD. <laughs> we'll take three PO in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 3PO was in The Last Jedi, and he didn't spend the whole movie bitching and moaning. He was mostly just, like, minding his right. own business. Yeah. Yeah, he... And I guess I that's part of what I'm wondering. Like, who is this book about? Maybe it's about I MTD. think it might be about MTD. I think this is the droid. <laughs> this is the droid book. The droid book. Which is also where we... It comes up more on Mechas 3, right. which is the droid planet, where they had a robot uprising yeah. that they're just kind of eh about. Yeah. They're like, oh, that was a weird witchy programming. Right. <laughs> the robot yeah. uprising when Skynet went online. Yeah. Um, yeah, and while they're there, they MTD gets some upgrades. Right, so he learns 10 more languages. Right. Sixteen forms, forms of communication. And he gets a repulsor. So that he can sort of float fly, around. Right, so he does not need to be carried right. around constantly. Right. So, so maybe, maybe that will help. I just can't. I wrote yeah. that in my notes. I can't with MTD. Yeah. Like, I cannot with MTD. He was making me crazy. Yeah. Um. So I guess that covers it with yeah. droids. But the other... and Oh, yeah. And even when Dengar is strafing Mechas 3 yeah. with fire from his ship... And I think it's Jason says, like, well, thank God there's no people out there. And MTD's like, but they're droids! Yeah. <laughs> it, Am I supposed to be this concerned with droids? I don't know. I, I Can droids join the Diversity Alliance? I think, oh, I don't know about that. I feel like, like, I feel like they can't. But then I feel like this book sets yeah. it up so, like, that they should. Should, yeah. Yeah. 
because they have. If anyone has reason to be unhappy with humans, the droid. It's the droid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of, I guess we can talk about the diversity alliance a little bit. Yeah. So we've got Nula with these various aliens who are her sort of top lieutenants, top yeah. top top guys, and. This like further brings up the question of where do you draw the line between mm-hmm. being an alien and, and being, being a creature? creature. Because yeah. there's the one creature, there's the one alien who all he says is kill humans. Yeah, and I'm not sure how much higher thinking he's doing. Right, it's called like a Korsk or something. I'm wondering yeah, if that's and they a also, creature that we've seen before. And they also have the pig guards from Jabba's palace, who are real dumb. Like, I mean, they're big, and they walk on two legs, and you can dress them up, and they take commands, but they are not even verbal. Yeah. No, they don't have any... They're not even verbal, and they just, you know... There's definitely a Gamorrean guard tail in Tales from Joe's Palace, though. Well, the Gamorreans here, I mean, I feel... I mean, I I think they're also portrayed as very... I feel like a parrot is smarter than a Gamorrean. Yeah, I mean, they're just... And we don't let parrots vote. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I it's there's a very weird line between right and so I mean is I mean the kill humans guy I was yeah. he was making me think of like Brick from Anchorman yeah, 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 and everyone yeah. else is having a conversation <laughs> and he's just like but uh, oh that's what he is okay we've seen him a Trandoshan he's also a, a bounty hunter. bounty hunter yeah I don't know if he's the I think he there's no way he's the same. No, let's see. Or he is because or he is, yeah. The world um, is so small. Um, in the galaxy. But he, uh, but yeah. So I guess I'm one. I would like to know from Nula's perspective, where do you draw the line? At what point is a species intelligent, right. developed, whatever enough right, that, that you consider, consider them? them an alien, an alien a creature, yeah. versus a creature, because you can't be giving everyone the same level of right concern. Also, what's up with the scalping Wookies thing? I I'm not okay with it. Yeah, I wonder if that comes up in because I know the Han Solo trilogy does deal with the like Wookies being imprisoned, right? But that's like another issue is you're bringing together different alien races, some of which are. You know, natural predators, right? Right. Some right, of which right. are like reptilian predators, and some of which are not. And you're like, well, we're gonna lay aside all the old feuds and stuff. But if, but, sometimes, but like, if your biology is telling you to eat somebody, right? Is that a feud? Yeah, I, I think you're right. You said at the beginning of this episode that it seems like this is all just a front for her to destroy humans, and right. like whatever way she can get that done, and if it's by you know pretending that it isn't. A yeah. huge problem to bring right. all these people together and to question, you know, the, you know, what counts as alien versus creature. You know, there are aliens who are humanoid aliens. Like, are they affect? That's what I was thinking. Is like it attacks human. This plague attacks like human, uh, like makeup genetics. Like, if you're, you know, I mean, Twi'leks are pretty yes, humanoid. humanoid. Yeah, so I'm like, what's the difference? You know, certainly some of these species can enter, you know, can... can well, Raynor having a crush on Lusa. Right, 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 right. So, like, and that's not, I, you know, I don't think that's a terribly uncommon thing in the Star Wars. No. It's certainly not uncommon in, like, Star Trek, right? But, like, no. So at what point, like, even those areas are sort of... No, and, like... 
And this is humanoid too. Like she's right. centaur, but she's has you know, her upper body. <laughs> I also am getting annoyed with these, and maybe it's a small point for me, but if these are supposed to be written from the characters' perspectives, I'm starting to get annoyed with all the throwing around of things like centaur and wolfman yeah, and right. horse right. and wolf <laughs> and things like those. Do you guys have the same, same things, things that we do? Yeah, I, I... I mean, I know that what it is is them just trying to, like, use an effective description for the reader. Right. But it sets up some internal right. issues. Yeah, and I think they... I think there's certain that was always an issue for me reading these books. It's like how you know, how much of the crossover comes when you're the audience reading these books and like trying to understand. It does seem that like they have creatures that are wolf. Like yeah, there are just wolves. Right, but I guess maybe there are just horses. Like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> hawks and bats and hawk bats. Right, hawk bats. Yeah, yeah. That there's there there is some kind of. So they have like all the same animals that we do. They don't have dogs. No, they should. Yeah. Jason could just have a dog and not be... Yeah, could he just have a dog or a cat or, you know, a guinea pig? A turtle. (laughs) Anything. Yeah. Uh, Oh, but yeah, I was trying to think the whole time I was reading, I was really feeling, like, bothered by uh, the... I guess I was feeling... I guess I was having a hard time trying to map this on... Like, what is this supposed to be teaching kids? Yeah, I don't... Like, as far as... I don't... As far as when it comes to this kind of anti-hegemonic power kind of organization. Because on the one hand, we get over and over um, the sort of, like, shock and hurt from our main characters that they could be, like, discriminated against. Like, oh my god, like, how could you not like me just because I'm human? Right, right. And... Okay, fine. But it's also got kind of a, like, a white privilege thing yes, yeah. to it, yeah. right? Because they're dealing with alien creatures who have been systemically enslaved, had yeah. genocide inflicted on them, all this kind of and stuff. And I love this a lot when Gina... Surely there, it seems like there's systemic anti-alien inequality inherent within the Star right, Wars universe. Right, right, right. And to me, like, the, the natural trajectory of this would be, you know, them, you know, obviously fighting back against this human plague, like, human, uh, you know, humans-only affected plague, but then also coming to that realization of, like, oh, but, like, things do need to change, right? Right. They do need to be... It's, But it seems like the book is constantly... This is the book is like, well, but it's not everybody, right? Right. Like, like that, you know, and because Gina, when... Yeah, it's very, like, not all humans. Right, 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 but, like... When she's having that conversation with Lusa, and Lusa's like, oh, that was, like, such a traumatic thing for me. And Jada's like, well, like, it yeah. must have, like, affected her, like, a lot more than it did. Like, it, there's just this, like, a complete misunderstanding of her experience. And, right. And, like, how could you, how could you think, you know, like, yes, Heathrow was, like, a, this terrible person, but, like, we were great. So, like, yeah. how could you come to that conclusion? And, like, nowhere do they think through that. No. Further. And, but at the same, and at the same time, though, the book is constantly undercutting the validity of Nula's arguments by presenting them as just like a very thin facade. Right. Right. So she's saying all this, this, all this stuff about like inclusion and diversity and fighting oppression sounds like it would be good, but actually it's just like violence and bloodthirst. And uh, so it, it's, it makes, it feels a little yicky to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I know that, I know that it, it's not supposed to be, like, a one-to-one comparison of any real-world political right. thing, but it was reminding me of sort of the 
anti like the perspective the mainstream perspective on you know the original like Black Panther right. party kind of thing right, where right, right. like yes obviously there was some there was violence and there were tactics that right. were not you know mainstream palatable but they also had plenty of good reasons right. and affected a lot of positivity right, right like right, that right, they were right. doing things for their the community and stuff but like none of that's there no. like the complicated yeah. I was initially in the last book I was really like gung ho on the diversity alliance because it seemed more sophisticated it seemed right. more complex right. and then here I feel like that sophistication has been gone drained well, also, out. We didn't spend like there's one scene with Nula and her like cohort before they get to rile up at the end right. right so there's really no like thread of that no but other it, than just like watching the Imperial Guard right but it seems like initially it seemed like the it was it was one and the same, right? That the the useful, hard to argue with rhetoric was sort of inextricable from the sort of kind of violent anti-human conclusion. Right, right, right. But now there's been right, like a split, right, right, and they yeah. have this like recruitment rhetoric that you right. have from like Raba and Lusa, where you totally get it. But then what it's really about right, it's just is like, what's going right. on with like Nula and the right, gnashing of like, teeth and yeah, stuff. And yeah. I just I feel like. I mean, maybe this is like an ongoing, this is maybe settling into being my ongoing critique of these books, which is, I think that's a challenge of writing young adult fiction is I feel like these authors think kids are dumb. Yeah. You know, like that they're, they're cheating themselves and the readers of like a more complex world because I think they think kids are dumb and kids aren't dumb. Like you do write differently when you write for kids. Right. You don't write. And and thinking of other young adult Right. Books that, you know, even like the Hunger Games, right? Which, like. Yeah, like you can still have a know. complicated. Right. Whether you, know, you think they well written or not, right? But, like, right. But there doesn't have to. Like, here, there's a clear who's right and who's wrong. Right. Right. We have who's right, and they're not perfect, but they're right. And we have who's wrong, and they make some good points, but they're but just they're at the just surface wrong. of evil. Right, right, they're right, just wrong. Right. And I'm not. Yeah. I'm disappointed in that direction. Yeah, but there isn't a. Um, like, we keep talking about these sort of gray areas, and, like, there isn't room for that in these books, right? There isn't room for... No. ...to sort of question. Which is unfortunate. This is a small point, but I know that's not the direction they're going to go in, but I would love for them to Jow just completely drop the Young Jedi Knights yeah. and have it be all Taj yeah. versus <laughs> Nula, which... sort of hinted at. I'll... Tinoka, I love Tinoka and her yeah. grandmother's relationship where Tinoka's like, I'll tell my parents right. about this and yeah. I know that Ta Chum will be eavesdropping and she'll, she'll do, do something, something about, about it. it. Yeah. Um, she's like, I think she'll probably eavesdrop and she's like, no, I know she's going to eavesdrop. Yeah, she's she'll do like, something yeah, about it. She's going to fix this. But yeah, any other, any other points we want to bring up? Um, I think we hit yeah for a book where nothing happened we did manage to talk about it quite a bit um oh i guess my other my only other point and it's tiny i was so is we already talked about the fact that he went to tatooine but again is tatooine a backwater that no one's ever heard of or is tatooine atlanta because i'm starting to feel like delta is based on tatooine like everyone's just passing through tatooine i don't mostly like I mean, again, this is not actually Boba Fett, but if I was Boba Fett, like, I would not want to go back to Tatooine. No, like, some terrible stuff happened. He almost Tatooine. died in the Sarlacc pit yeah. on Tatooine. Yeah, like, I, we don't want to go back no. to Tatooine. I remember, I mean, it's not really the case anymore, but when I was a kid, like, all flights from 
South Charleston, where we live, yeah. would go to Atlanta yeah, yeah, first. Like it's like one of the biggest hubs. Yeah, yeah. like I remember my dad saying, like, when you die, doesn't matter if you go, you're going to heaven or hell, you have to go through Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was thinking of with tattoos. Yeah, like, like it doesn't matter if you're going to Hawthor, you yeah. know, maybe a new planet, a new planet would be nice, yeah. but you gotta no, go to Tatooine. Well, we had Quar. I shouldn't complain. And Quar, and there was like another. Oh, the planet with the plague got released. Yeah, Amalan or something. And yeah, I mean, there have been some new planets. Yeah, but too much of the old planets. The thing is, is that it's not even that he went to Tatooine. It's that he went anywhere at all. Like, yeah, he didn't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, there was definitely too much, too much sack. Yeah, I honestly, I sincerely believe that I did not read this book as a kid. I think that I just missed it and did not know it existed. I, I mean, I definitely had it. I because I remember, but I remember Jedi Bounty. No, what's next? Jedi Jedi Bounty. I remember Jedi Bounty, but I think when because when Jedi Bounty picks up, Loie's already on Ryloth, and I think that I went straight from Diversity Alliance to Jedi Bounty Bounty. and just thought like, oh, they time jumped. Like Loie's already on Ryloth. And maybe they should. They should like you don't actually need anything yeah. that's in this book. It's it's that is quite true. <laughs> but I think oh also another small point who who's having delusions of grandeur in this book? The Ever. book that the book <laughs> that is the theory I'm standing on. This book has delusions of grandeur if it thinks it's a book. Is it MTV? But he's he's having the opposite problem, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Zach? I mean, Zach, Zach is, in fact, having delusions of grandeur. Yeah. Maybe it's Tycho. Maybe it's Tycho, yeah. Maybe Tycho has delusions of grandeur? Yeah. No, it's just like they thought, like, oh, that was a line from the movie. It doesn't make a really good title of a book. And just like, I guess this one fits? Like, yeah. Like, just slap a title on this thing. I mean, I don't know what I would call this book. No. Much ado about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Vignettes. So there's no do. <laughs> Uh, all well, right. We are taking a break. Are we now? Yeah. <gasps> Which is much needed. I'm pretty sure this is our. This is our. So we're gonna come back um, and finish the uh, finish this arc uh, quickly. Yeah. But because of the upcoming release of the Han Solo, of the movie. Han Solo trilogy. Um, we thought it might be good. Yeah, Delusions Grasher. Oh, thank God. I know. <laughs> we need a break. We've done six of these in a row, and that's more than enough. Yeah. Um, we thought it would be nice to go uh, and visit the Han Solo trilogy. Yeah. Um, so this is a first for us because I read these books growing up. And I did not. You did not. Which is going to happen. Right. At some point. <laughs> some overlap. Um, but Han Solo trilogy is one that I read. Uh, and I remember liking a lot. It's written by A.C. Crispin, um, who is a woman, which I didn't did not know. Um, I guess any time an author is indicated just by initials, we should assume, we should assume that it's, it's a, a woman. woman. Yeah, um, and it's about the young Han Solo. I I'm trying to think of things that I remember from this book without like spoilers, but like Lando shows up in these books. Oh, I'm so There's excited! There's I think it's I think we get like Han meeting Chewie and the sort of origins of the life debt. Um, and, you know, this is all happening, obviously, before A New Hope. But the first of these books is called The Paradise Snare. I don't know what that's a reference to. <laughs> I, but it's a great title. It's a great title. It's a, a good cover. Good, you get, like, a Han with, like... Actually, the cover looks a little bit like the, the uh, poster for Solo. Not that does, much, yeah. but a little. It's in a similar color scheme. You've got Han with the blaster. Yeah. He's got some sort of cat. 
alien? Cat wolf alien? I wonder if they will call it a cat. Yeah, it's <laughs> a cat. Um, and a lady who I believe is Bria, who is his uh, love interest in these. Oh, does she end up like betraying him? I think at some she point we up. hear from him about a lot, someone who betrays him. Um, but I don't know if she does. But yeah, so we're going to spend the next three weeks in the Han Solo, in the Han Solo trilogy. taking a much, uh, much needed break and from the young Jedi. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I loved these books yeah, so, so much, much as, as a kid. kid. Like yeah. If you have a kid who's into Star Wars, give them the young Jedi Knights yeah, books because definitely. I loved them. But as an adult reader, I just have different expectations. Yeah. And they were not met. Yeah. I guess it's just like, as a kid, it was enough just to have... Just space where I'm just like hanging out with the characters. characters. Like it doesn't matter what they're doing. I just wanted to be within the world (laughs) with the characters. And now, yeah, I just have different expectations of a book. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting. I mean, the only full Star Wars novel that we've read so far has been Courtship. That was something. Which was something. And I don't think they were all as they can't. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to go. To this point in time, and I, I'm wondering if there's a little bit more freedom in this because, you know, courtship. There's so much relying. Like that book was written as an in-between book, right? The yeah. trilogy was already written. The movies were had already come out. Like right. courtship was filling in a gap, and so it was restricted in in what it could do to some extent. And with these, like in the films, like. We don't get all we that much about Han. nothing. So, I mean, even the idea that Chewie owes Han a life debt is purely expanded universe. Like, in the movies, they're just buddies. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I guess, further, like, the books feeling the need to explain something that didn't really need an explanation. Yeah. Because it just seems like they're BFFs. <laughs> they're BFFs. With, with life debt. With life debt. Okay, all right, okay, we, okay, we gotta right, stop. Right, We're done. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we'll be back yeah, with next week with Hansel Trilly Paradise Snare. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye.